Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen, may his grace and his blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages, amen. On this beautiful morning, dear brothers and sisters, we celebrate the Divine Liturgy on the fourth Sunday of the Blessed Coptic Month of Kaune. And perhaps some of you have heard the saying that the Holy Scripture is a two-edged sword. Uh, the words pierce our hearts with its straight teachings of God, but there are some passages of Holy Scripture that we have heard so many times that perhaps we are no longer really hearing them any longer. Our Mother, the Holy Church, nourishes us with one of these passages today, which contains this well-known commandment. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. And we notice that our Lord Jesus Christ begins the commandments with these words, but I say to you who hear, I say to you who hear, we very well might think that we have heard this commandment many times and we know what it means, but it's also quite possible that we've heard it so many times that we take it for granted. And so for this reason, I would like to speak to you about this commandment of love today in only three points. Firstly, let us speak about what it means to love our enemies. And I want to continue a thought that we started last week in the homily as well. In the modern world, we oftentimes associate the word love with feelings. Love with feelings. We tend to define love by its emotive or emotional quality. And thus, when we are told to love someone, we try to have only good and positive thoughts and feelings towards that person. And if we are able to entertain such feelings towards him, then we fancy that we really do love that person. But this emotional sense of love is incomplete. This emotional sense of love is incomplete. In fact, when our Lord Jesus Christ commands us to love our enemies, he does not tell us that we should feel a certain way towards our enemies. In fact, the text of today's gospel shows not the slightest interest in how we are actually feeling about our enemies. The passage is not at all concerned with our emotions. Instead, our Lord's commandment to love our enemies means that we should actively do good towards them, regardless of our emotions or how we feel on the inside. And this meaning is made very clear from the context of the commandment that we heard today. Notice what our Lord says. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. And later in the gospel, he repeats this. He says, but love your enemies, do good. And so we see a connection between the two. There's a connection between loving our enemies and doing good to them. In fact, this is actually uh, a rhetorical device uh, that is called a hendiatus. A hendiatus uh, is a rhetorical device in which a single idea, one thought, is conveyed in two separate ways or two separate forms. And so the hendiatus here is to love enemies and do good. They are one and the same. Our Lord Jesus Christ gave us the pure example of doing good to our enemies 
when he forgave and he prayed for those who crucified him as his first order of business on the Holy Cross. And so loving our enemies is not something just emotional, but it's also about our action. It is more importantly doing good to them who are our enemies. And this meaning is further borne out from the writings of the early church fathers. Our father among the saints, the holy Ambrose of Milan, he interpreted this commandment in the following way. He said, the gospel bestows love for hostility, benevolence for hatred, prayer for curses, help for the persecuted, patience for the hungry, and grace of reward. So if you study this passage, you will see that everything he lists is a positive action in response to an act of enmity. So someone does something negative or evil towards us, we respond with a positive action irrespective of how we feel on the inside. And so from this we understand that when our Lord commands us to love our enemies, He is not seeking a purely emotional response from us. He is asking us to respond to our enemies with positive actions. And this means, brothers and sisters, that there will be times in our lives in which our external disposition will not match our internal disposition. On the outside, we are going to strive to do good to our enemies, but on the inside, we are going to be incredibly hurt. We are going to feel incredibly emotional, offended, and generally struggling. And a good example of this is something that we actually heard about yesterday in the life of the great saint, the strong Abba Moses the Black. Uh, we read in one of the sayings about him the following, once the fathers of Shahid were gathered together, but because some people wanted to see Abba Moses, they treated him rudely saying, why does this Ethiopian come and go in our midst? But Moses hearing this held his peace held his peace and spoke not a word. When the congregation was dismissed, they said to him, Ava Moses, were you not upset? And he said to them, although I was upset, I did not utter a word. So here Ava Moses was the recipient of an offensive and insulting word. And yes, on the inside, he was not feeling well but he still responded in a good way by not uttering a word. He didn't return an insult with an insult. And so we see that the saint held his peace and said not a word. And when he was asked about his emotional disposition, he did not say that he felt warm and fuzzy and loving towards these people, but he admitted, I was upset, but I still held my peace. And this likely will happen to us as well. If we fulfill our Lord's commandment by do, by, to love our enemies by doing good to them, it may very well take some time for our emotions to catch up to our positive actions. And that is okay. That is okay. Indeed, doing good to our enemies will help us completely forgive and to love them over time. The more we do good to others, the more we share in their life and perhaps their sufferings, 
And the more we do that, the more we understand them and with God's grace, love them. I want to share with you a beautiful quote from an elder of Mount Athos. He said, my heart only has entrances. It doesn't have exits. Whoever enters remains there. Whatever he may do to me, I love him the same as I loved him when he first entered into my heart. I pray for him and seek his salvation. How wonderful it would be, brothers and sisters, if we could do the same. How wonderful it would be if we could cultivate hearts that only have entrances and do not have any exits. This is a heart that welcomes people easily through the many entrances, but it makes it impossible for a person to leave this heart. Thus, even when a person hurts me and makes himself my enemy, he will still remain loved in my heart as I pray for him and do good towards him and seek his salvation. We ask our Lord this morning to make our hearts like this, always full of love and prayer and good deeds, even for our enemies. Secondly, brothers and sisters, let us speak about the most important rule of loving our enemies. You know, it might seem quite obvious to you, but some of the most um, profound things in life are actually the most simple, the most simple. The most important rule in loving our enemies is to avoid having enemies in the first place. Avoid having enemies in the first place. Since the gospel imparts to us this most difficult commandment of loving our enemies, the easiest way to fulfill this commandment is to actively work to not have enemies in the first place. The fewer enemies you have, the fewer times you will have to struggle to fulfill this already difficult commandment. It's very straightforward, right? Well, of course, in some cases, it's almost impossible not to have enemies. Some people want to make themselves our enemies no matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter how we act in their mind because they are struggling they will make themselves into our enemies. That is true. But it is also true that in many cases, the number of enemies we have is entirely the result of our own actions and how we have dealt with others. For example, a person who is very harsh in his judgments oftentimes makes enemies because he sees things as black and white. He is inflexible. People don't respond well to such a personality, and so conflicts arise and enemies are made on both sides. We have to be flexible in our dealings with each other in our relationships. And of course, by this I don't mean being flexible in our faith, in our morals, or in all of the things that stem out of the truth of Jesus Christ. In these things there is no flexibility because the truth is absolute. But instead, I mean flexibility in our judgments and our dealings with others. Why do we put rubber tires on cars so that they will flex and they will give in uh, as the car travels over every stone or pothole on the road? If a car 
road on firm and unyielding tires, it wouldn't be able to move forward. The car would fall apart from the harsh vibrations of the inconsistent terrain. And this is what happens, sadly, in a lot of relationships. Because of inflexibility, the relationship is unable to move forward in a good way. But when we learn to be flexible, we can avoid many problems and progress spiritually. Another example of the type of conduct that produces enemies is any type of unkind behavior. Our Lord exhorts us to be kind to one another, to be gentle and meek as He is. Yesterday in the Gospel we were told, be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect. And today we are told, be merciful as your Father in Heaven is merciful. We are called to be kind and merciful. Generally speaking, when we are kind to people, they do not make themselves into our enemies. It is only when we are unkind in our dealings with them that they transform into our enemies. We need to be careful in our behavior and never allow anyone to become our enemy if we can avoid it. One of the elders of Mount Athos said, My worst hell is to realize that I have saddened a beloved person. My worst hell is to realize that I have saddened a beloved person. May God forgive each and every one of us for allowing this to happen day after day without doing anything to stop this. Today, I want to exhort each and every one of you to engage in a type of self-examination and to ask yourselves, do I really deserve some of the enemies that I have? Have I engaged in behavior uh, that is unkind or responded to people in a manner that has made them into my enemies? Have my actions made it easy for people to be my enemies? You see, brothers and sisters, in some cases it may be impossible to avoid having enemies, as I said. But at the very least, we should live our lives in such a way that makes it very hard for people to become our enemies. If we are kind, if we are loving, if we are considerate, if we are thoughtful to others, if we are merciful, isn't it less likely that they will become our enemies? In the book of Proverbs, we read the following wisdom. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And many of us know that this is true from experience. We know that if someone attacks us or they come at us very strongly, we know that if we become defensive, then we have made the matter vastly worse. If we continually respond to others with anger, with criticism, with disapproval, with throwing up a shield, we're going to end up with exponentially more enemies than we need. If, however, we continually respond to others with kindness, with gentleness, with consideration, with understanding, knowing that maybe the person who is doing this themselves, maybe they are struggling, and maybe we carry their weakness for a little bit. If we respond in that way, chances are they will be our lifelong friends. The book of Proverbs, by the way, is full of wisdom concerning treating our enemies well. I highly recommend that you read it. 
For example, one proverb tells us, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink, for you will heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. And this proverb essentially tells us to minimize the number of enemies by treating them well and with kindness. St. Paul quoted this proverb verbatim in his epistle to the Romans, and then he added the following explanation, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so we have a simple choice. We can respond to our enemies with evil and confirm their enmity towards us, or we can respond with good and work at converting them to friends, or at least acquaintances. And so, brothers and sisters, today let us meditate on what we are doing so that we can minimize the number of enemies in our lives. You know, one thing that I will add, just a thought that comes to mind is, if you think about it, we are perhaps, I say perhaps, and I underline perhaps, we are perhaps living in the end times. Many people feel this way even outside of the church. And so if this is the case, if we are right that we are living in end times, then I want to ask the question to myself and to all of us, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Don't we realize the great evils that will come upon us in the last days? All of these things will come upon us because we are not merciful towards one another. We constantly devour each other in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions, even at church, even in our families, even at work and at school. What are we waiting for, brothers and sisters? As the Holy Prophet Isaiah said, for our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. We need to repent, brothers and sisters, and I mean seriously repent before it is too late. And repentance is change, and the way we start the repentance is by first changing the way we deal with each other. Stop devouring other people in your mind. Stop devouring people with your words. Stop devouring people in your actions, but instead fulfill this commandment of love that our Lord tells us in today's gospel. Third and finally, brothers and sisters, the last rule for loving our enemies, as our Lord said, is to hope for nothing in return. To hope for nothing in return. Our Lord says this quite clearly in Luke chapter 6. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. This is one of the most difficult aspects of an already difficult commandment, this notion that we are to love our enemies without hoping for them to love us back. Even if we do all of the things that we spoke about earlier, being kind, merciful, gentle, considerate, etc., there is absolutely no guarantee that our enemies will appreciate our efforts and the love that we pour out over them. Some people simply refuse to be loved. They've become so accustomed to having enemies and feeling slighted and looking for problems and examining you know, people's actions with a microscope just to look for anything that might give them offense so they can make 
a mountain out of a molehill, there are people like this. And with such people, it may be that we can never expect them to accept our love. But we still have to love them. And we can't expect anything in return from them. It's quite possible that loving them will not benefit them, but in the end, that is their decision. We have to be blameless. We have to do what's right all the time, regardless of whether other people around us are doing right. We have to do the right thing. It shouldn't discourage us from doing what's right. Now, why should we continue to pour out love on those who refuse to accept our love? Why shouldn't we be discouraged when loving our enemies produces no visible results in their behavior towards us? You see, brothers and sisters, one of the characteristics of love is that love is not a means to an end. Love is not a means to an end. Love itself is the end. Love itself is the goal. And so, if someone refuses to accept our love, that is okay. That is okay. For example, since many of us here are parents, think about our children. If they remain distant from us and they come to us sweetly in love only when they want something, we would never think that this was true love because for them the love is a means to something. They want to get something out of us. Similarly, a person who is kind and loving to his friend only when he needs something, this does not reflect true love. And it's the same with loving our enemies. As we mentioned before, they, there may be many reasons to love our enemies, but self-interest is not one of them. Self-interest is not one of them because love is not a means to an end. Love is the end itself. Love is the end itself. It is a goal to which we aspire. True love is never a means to anything else. And so in light of this, we should never love our enemies in order to feel morally superior to them. Don't we sometimes have this attitude? It's very common, especially in traditional cultures. We tell ourselves, this person is horrible. He is not going to greet me, but I'm going to show him that I am above him. I'm going to go and say hi to him first, and that's going to show him what a great person I am. This, brothers and sisters, is not true love because it is a love that seeks to achieve self-interest. Sometimes when two people or two families are fighting, we use the love of enemies like a tactic on a chessboard. We do something nice for the other party, not out of um, real and true love, but rather it's a tactic to make the other party respond. This is not true love. It's a self-interested love. Again, we must remember that true love is an end in itself. This is the message of the cross. Our Lord died for everyone on the cross, even for those in hell. This is the teaching of the Orthodox Church. Jesus did not simply die for the righteous, but also for the unrighteous who are in hell. Perhaps those in hell did not accept Jesus' love, but the reality is that he died for them just as he died for the righteous. Our Lord's sacrifice on the cross mirrors what God does for each and every one of us every day 
our Lord tells us the Father makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. This, my brothers and sisters, is the model for our love of enemies. We love them, and if they accept our love, things are wonderful. But if they refuse to accept our love, we should not be discouraged. We should not stop loving them because there are sadly people who refuse to be loved. But in this case, we remember that love itself is our goal and we continue to love them without hoping for anything in return. May God grant each and every one of us to love our enemies by being kind, by being gentle, by being considerate, so that we can imitate our Lord Jesus Christ and reach the perfect state in which love itself is the goal and nothing else. And glory be to God forever. Amen.